0: Hey, Gen. Hey, yo. So, this week, we had a lot of information come out about some truly fucking disgusting people in the fighting game community. Something that you not so much are a part of, but something I am a very big part of. I'm a, I'm a big fighting game guy. I've been around. I have, I have uh, my own cultivated Smash scene here. Work with a bunch of local people that I love very much, and care deeply about. And so, the news of all this hitting, like, some of the biggest top players... You're, like, in Smash, you're talking about people like, like, Nairo, the top streamer, uh, Sinpai, one of the top commentators. Now there's some weird stuff about Zero coming out, one of the top content creators in Smash. That hits home for a lot of people. These are these are people who are supposed to be pillars of our scene, uh, people who are like role models, trendsetters, and it it just messed a lot of people up, me included. Now I never knew any of these people personally, and thought is now obviously I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> uh, mm. But it, it's still like. It still gives you this weird feeling, and you, like, you look at that, and you, you think about, like, addressing it to, like, your lone personal scene for people who play a lot at the local level, like me. And think about, like, what, like, there's a lot of young kids that are in
1: the FGC, you know? and Particularly in the Smash scene, too.
0: Yeah, and, like, and I remember, like, not particularly with the FGC, but with the competitive card game scene... I entered hmm. it at a very young age. I started playing. I started going to card game tournaments when I was like twelve years old, maybe even younger. And just to think, like As something like that. Like the people out there, something like that could have happened. It's just like a terrifying feeling and a gut wrenching feeling, you know. Like some of these, some of these younger players that are great kids and don't you know don't deserve anything like that for just coming, wanting to come to a place and play their favorite game with people. Shouldn't have to like be afraid of something like that happening.
2: Yeah,
1: it's fucked up. Yeah, and my- I'm, I'm... You know, if I'm happy about anything, I'm happy that... like... this shit is getting called out en masse. Yeah. It, it's on a, such a scale that it's kind of baffling... that this happened for so long. But that's kind of how it's been in several other... industries and cultures... That's how it is over everywhere. ...over the last couple years. Yeah. Because, especially
0: online... Well, everywhere, really. This has been happening forever. It was, like... When you accuse somebody of that kind of stature... Of... A crime like that. Or abuse. The... For a lot of people, the knee-jerk reaction isn't to... You know, agree with what the victim's saying. You can't do that. Like... Even if that person makes a false claim, you're probably way better off, like, listening to the victim first. Of course. Because, you know at least 95% of the cases when this thing happens are, like, true. False there claims do not, not come out that often.
1: There is no glamour in pretending that this stuff happened to you. Especially
0: with all the hate you receive for doing it. Yeah. Um, I think in the wake of all this, we are making really good strives towards believing victims more, encouraging them to come out more. At least I can only hope, you know, and
2: yeah, I hope so, too.
0: I'm glad we're, like, burning this motherfucker to the ground so we can, like, extradite this, like, shitty, like, malicious old guard and prop yeah. it up and make it something new that's safer and more enjoyable for vulnerable people.
2: Yeah. Long
0: time the, the short- C has been a boys' club. Right. And I want, I want that shit—it's been like a frat. I want that shit to change. I don't want to exist in that. Nobody should. And I
1: think... There's nothing wrong with, like, the, you know, the hypeness and the... Everything that goes along with the FGC well, no, that, that I do like.
0: Everybody does that shit, though. It's not just guys. Well, there's sure. Plenty of, there's, there's plenty of, like, people who, like... It, the hype is just a, its own thing. That's not what I'm talking about. There's a culture that's yeah. within this that is clearly... Just because incredible.
1: something is predominantly male should not mean that it's predominantly predatory, and, and that's Correct. a fucking shame.
0: Yeah, and I, I think there's a big reason, and you know, more and more, more non-males are entering the FGC. It is becoming more inclusive, but we haven't made that full step. We haven't made that step to make it safe, and I think this is the great first steps towards something like that. Get these people out. Get them the fuck out. Burn it down and rebuild it into something that we like are safe and comfortable at yeah and I'd it's, like to it's hope, very important, yeah I'd like to hope that like me and all of the other like older people in like my local scene have done that already. I'd like to believe that i I think everybody who's there is comfortable. I hope nothing bad has happened, and I hope if it ever does that they'll come forward to one of us about it. but you know that's not always the case, and it worries me constantly, like I've been worrying about that constantly since then, and i just like yeah. I, I don't know just it's it's something you really have to think about, and something you have to make changes for. Mm-hmm. And I hope that this community comes together. You know the good people that are here. There's still plenty of. There's still for for every fucking predator. There's like a hundred good people in these yeah. scenes, and we all need to come together and like just make this something better for everyone. And I really hope that's what comes out of this.
1: I really hope that we can. And, you know, the short term, it's like, oh, that sucks that Evo got obliterated this year, uh, like twice. from very different circumstances but I think the long term has to be looked at where it's like, yeah, it sucks that all these games that we're going to have a showcase on a, you know, not live but very public stage aren't going to get that this year I think for the well-being of the entire FGC it's it's good that it's not going on this year and that they just kind of like fired the dude who was in charge of it that of course got um several things came out about him
3: yeah
1: okay. and and other and other big people like you know uh the skull girls guy i forget his name yeah and, and tons of other people and just a never-ending name list it, it's kind of insane so hopefully while it sucks ass now we can come out of it way better and you know I think in multiple avenues, we're all hoping 2021 is way better than 2020.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, the, the
1: hits keep coming, and they don't stop coming this year. But uh, hopefully, it's a getting worse before it gets better scenario. I, th- I, really, I really hope so.
0: I think so. I think. Uh, I think the feelings that I have towards everything <laughs> that's going on aren't unique. I think there's no. a lot of people that feel the same way I do. A lot of people who are very involved in either a local or national level of the FGC. That, uh, see this and really have, like, similar feelings to me. Where they, they don't want someplace that's unsafe. I wanna cultivate an awesome community, you know? And I can't be the only person that feels that way. Otherwise, the FGC wouldn't exist. Yeah. So I just hope that, you know, it's, I just wanna cl- close it out with this. Fuck those people, bury them, get them the fuck out of here, believe victims. Allow victims to come out comfortably. If you know something, it's not your right to tell someone. It's not your right to go public about it. That's the victim's choice. And I see a lot of people talking about how it's... how, like, the people who, like, didn't say anything, who were friends, those people were complicit, and it's way more complicated than that. You can't just do that. You, yeah. you create things much... You make things much worse for the victim that way. You need to follow their lead. It's their situation, not yours.
1: Yeah. That does mean you could cut off relationships at the STEM, though.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, With, the, with the abuser, yeah. yes. I'm, I'm talking I'm, about... That's what I mean. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking about just like coming forward. Yeah. That's... That's not In many
1: cases, it's a very, very difficult thing to do for the victim. Yeah. And... I'm glad that now, more than any other time in history, it seems to be, you know, easier to do. Because people are actually facing uh, punishment for their actions.
0: Yes. And I hope it doesn't stop. I, I, I don't want I, this to stop till they're all fucking gone. Yeah. You know there's more, like...
1: There's, oh, absolutely.
0: I just, I just, I want, I want these people out, man. They don't, they don't deserve to have the, this community behind them, you know? Not at all. Alright, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Get them out of here. Let's, let's 6 let's lick, uh, Uber Jason on them.
1: Yeah, that's fine. He can falcon punch their heads off. <laughs> sick, dude. <laughs> let's fucking go.
0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Gen and Jub show. That's Gen. Hey, what up? I'm Jub. Today, we're going to talk about Jason X. It's not Jason Ten; it's Jason X. Yeah,
1: but it's like Jason Ten. It really is.
0: Yeah, it really is. But like, everybody's thinking, just be the, the
1: way you introduce the show. I, yeah. like I feel like one day I'm going to have a nightmare where like I'm on the podcast with you and you're going to introduce the show. Like, what's happening, forum? And I'm just going to be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I usually put a different inflection on it every time. Uh, <laughs> and usually, when, you're, when, you, when you start introducing yourself, I cut you off. But I didn't do that this week.
1: That's okay. Whatever you want to <laughs> do. Whatever you feel like you have to do. Don't let me stop you. I'm just saying. I don't. <laughs> it's a personal fear.
0: But before we get into the, the, the beautiful mess that's Jason X.
2: We have some that, that's that's one way
1: to describe it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you
0: got a couple small things you want to start again before we get into the big thing.
1: Sure, this should be like pretty brief. I'm still playing the SpongeBob, and Spange um, Bib. you know that game's fun. Um, I'm learning very quickly that uh, So you got three playable characters in that game. You got SpongeBob, of course. You got Patrick, and you got Sandy. And I'm I'm learning very quickly that um. I kind of wish I could just play as Sandy the whole time because she is the most fun to control. They gave her like a triple jump and a hover and she seems a lot more adept at
2: killing the enemies in the game. Whereas SpongeBob and Patrick, not so much. Um, Be that as
1: it may, uh, I had some difficulties with this game over the past couple days. Uh, it, uh, it yeeted my save file into the abyss, uh, and I had to uh, redo, or I'm in the process of redoing, probably about five hours of my life. Uh, I'm doing it a lot quicker than five hours, because now I know what to do. A lot of that game is just kind of figuring out where to go and what to do and how to get shit. And uh, I, I basically like have to do the entirety of two entire levels uh, that I 100%ed over again, all because the game blue screen on me and uh Amazing. corrupted my save file which uh cool great so now i'm uh, regularly uploading my save to the cloud and uh i also have a second save file just in case cuz now i'm paranoid about it happening again i do not want to lose progress again on this game
2: it's a collectathon so like any lost progress feels bad. <laughs> you know, don't
1: want number go down, want number go up. Oh, yes, what the fuck?
0: Yes, please, number go up. So
1: th- that's still going. And uh, also, I played a little game called Star Wars Episode One Racer, Hell yeah, pod yeah. racing game. And uh, that was a game that came out in uh, 99, the year episode one came out. For the N64 and PS1, and uh, they recently re-released it, a port that uh, looks a bit cleaned up, but still bad. Uh, (laughs) It was good at the time, it was good in 99, but uh, this is really rough now. Everybody is sharp and polygonal, (laughs) and uh, you know, it's just a port, it's it's not a remake, it's nothing too fancy, Um, but it's fun. It's a lot easier than I remember as a kid. Um, I think a lot of the difficulty just comes from not knowing how to play the game. Now, granted, now it's even harder because, like, you, you have to look up how to do it online. You just have to. There, there's no tutorial. There's, like, really no information given to you about how this game works. And I had to scour the internet for details. <laughs> and, uh, basically, it's it's a racing game. You got your pod racer. You play as Anakin or several other weirdos, some from the movie, some not. Uh, and uh, in between races, you can head into Watto's shop and hear the glory of Watto himself <laughs> as he says all kinds of dumb shit to you. <laughs> like, uh, you know, they come here, how do they find me? Uh, they come here, they mess up my store, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, all the classics. All hey, the lines nanny, still Get here. the
0: fuck out of my store,
1: eh? <laughs> Get out of my store, uh, Yeah, but, like, <laughs> so the way Watto works is you can buy parts from him directly, and they're pretty expensive. Or you can go to the junkyard and buy broken shit, uh, but for way cheaper. And the way that works is you have to buy pit droids, and when you have pit droids, they will repair these broken parts. Uh, So when you race with one of these parts equipped to your pod, the pit droids will start uh, repairing it, and it'll eventually become a good fixable working part again. And this helps you upgrade a lot because money is pretty tight. Uh, You can change the winnings on a course from, like, balanced, where, like, first, second, third, and fourth all get money, to winner takes all. Uh, I highly recommend that, because you're going to be wanting to finish first anyway, and you're going to be wanting as much money as you can get so that you can uh, utilize the junkyard well, and uh, every now and then buy some expensive parts from Watto, and get the best pod racer you can get with all the fully upgraded parts, and that should make you good to go for the game. I had to find out the hard way that you can switch pod racers and it will move all your upgrades over. I didn't think it would, but it does. So feel free to, you know, halfway through the game go like, oh, I unlocked a guy who just has straight up better stats than me. Let me just silently uh <laughs> insert new pod racer here. Cause I was gonna try to do the whole thing as Anakin. Yeah. But uh Anakin's actually really bad. In my opinion, so I did the whole thing as Bullseye Navier, <laughs> whose, whose face, <laughs> whose whose face looks like a fucking poggers emoji on Twitch. Oh,
0: fucking poggers! Emote, emo, sorry.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Pog champ, and he's very polygonal and weird. Uh, <sighs> the graphics have not aged well, and uh, lots of fun courses. Uh, I had trouble with one trophy where, as Anakin, you have to like have your engines overheat and then repair them. And all the guides I was looking at online were telling me to uh, you know, just uh do the boost mechanics and get your boost all the way up and then then like let them keep going and it'll overheat, but everyone declined to tell me that you have to be going on a straightaway in order for this to work. If you change direction at any point, it'll stop going up and therefore you won't actually overheat your engines. Uh, Which is useful for gameplay, that way you can just, you know, abuse the boost. But, um, when you're trying to overheat your engines for one bullshit trophy, it doesn't work very well. Uh, Somebody eventually got back to me on Reddit, thank you, thank you Trophies subreddit, uh, for, uh, (laughs) you just gotta go to this course that has lava on the ground and just run over the lava and light Anakin's podracer on fire. (laughs) And then he'll be able to fix it. And you get the, it's working, it's working, uh, trophy. And uh, I platted the game. It was a lot easier than I remember. But uh, a little obscure on how to actually do anything. But it's some solid nostalgia. I, yeah. I find it strange like that N64 games don't get ports very often. Yeah, it's very weird. You'd you never see it. Yeah. You definitely see the PS1 games getting a lot of love in recent years. You have Crash Remake, you have Spyro Remake, you got Medieval even. <sighs> but the N64 games don't really get the same treatment. And then a lot of that's on Nintendo, of course. But um, I- I'm glad to see a game that was on the N64 and PS1 come back in any form, really. Just because, you know, I like, you know, games getting preserved, I guess. In some way, I like there to be options for people to experience these older games without having to go, you know, to the exchange and buy a N sixty four, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. You know, there's there's money on the table and I, I wish that some companies would like get it. Get yeah. the money. You know, for
0: stuff from the era when the Star Wars games were good.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: there's still a lot he of Fallen
1: Order and uh, I've been playing a bit of Battlefront 2 and it's actually not bad.
0: No, um, and it's much better now than it was. And I think, yeah, we'll, me and you will probably talk a bit about that next week because I think we're going to start playing it together
1: here soon. Sure. I, I did just start the single player campaign, but it's just good. I like it. Yeah. Now you played.
0: Yeah, the now big I, game. I have played and, and just as of last night, finished The Last of Us Part 2.
1: You should probably put a time stampy thing.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mark it here. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit of non spoiler stuff first and I'll get the spoilers. Um Just like overall it's a great game. hmm I think it is by no means like top tier, excellent category of a game. There's some I, I have some issues with uh its pacing. You say I'm like an eight or nine, not a ten. Yeah, like a nine. Probably. Okay. Because the game plays, like, flawlessly. Um, it, it's kind of like the reverse dichotomy of the original game, where I thought the first game had some gameplay issues, but I think it had, like, a perfect story and perfect gotcha. pacing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Where this one, I think, is the exact opposite, where the gameplay is literally perfect. Uh, it, it does... Everything it's trying to do perfectly. There's no, like strange, dumb, repeated puzzles like there was in the first one.
1: There's... Uh, All the crates you gotta
0: move. Yeah, the, the, that doesn't... You, you move, like, one thing. <laughs> you do that kind of puzzle once, I think, or twice in the entire game. And the game's really long. Mm. They, they give you a lot of different stuff to do. And um, the combat is fucking wild. You, there's... The, the way they were able to craft... The multiple different ways you can handle each situation is excellent. You feel like you have complete agency over how you want to handle things. And then just like in the first game, though, uh, more often than not, things do go bad. But then Oh, you- well, yeah. Yeah, so, like, because it's-, it's the world you're in.
1: This is the world we live in, and these are the hands we're given.
0: Yeah, that... Is that a Disturb song?
1: Whoa. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, that hurt me in my soul. I knew
0: it would. That's why I said it. Oh my god,
1: <laughs> dude! Oh, finish saying what you're saying. God. ooh.
0: But yeah, so I, I it, it's just like a a multiplied and like well, like much more well-executed version of the first gameplay with a lot more options and equipment to use. It's great. Yeah. Now I want to Definitely get, looks good. Yeah. Now, in order to get into a lot of my issues with the my the story and the pacing that I have, and praises for it, because I do think it's still really good, despite its problems, um, I do have to get into spoiler territory. So, warning you now, spoilers ahead and i'm going to uh in the description i will have a timestamp when i begin and and the spoilers so if you are listening yeah. to this and you intend on playing and finishing The last of Us part 2 and you don't want any spoilers go and check that
1: description for uh where to skip to yeah exactly uh, i'm am sh- you can look at it on spotify and itunes i think those three dots in the corner i don't know find it at, or 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 you yeah. know you will peril. <laughs>
0: yeah. I guess. So. Yeah, we're gonna listening to your own peril. I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Spoilers starting now. I will, I'll start with a couple things that I really like about it. Um, I know a lot of people were angry that Joel dies really early on in this game.
1: Hmm. PGA Tour.
0: Yeah. It is. That is by far one of the most gruesome and like just disgusting scenes in the entire game. On purpose, um, I think it accomplishes what it went for, which is just invoking like anguish and anger in the moment of that happening. Um, it does a really good job of achieving that, especially because you play as his murderer for like a whole fucking twenty-five ass minutes before that happens. Yeah, but what's her full name? I just I don't remember her last name. Just Abby.
1: Okay, I'm looking it up. I wanted to make a joke. You, you, I think it's worth it.
0: All right. Yeah. <laughs> Is this joke worth searching the internet?
2: Yeah, always. <laughs> and I, you yeah, go You and keep mm-hmm. I'm
0: going to keep going. So, doing that, like, really, really well executed the emotions that good old Neil, Neil Drucke wanted people to feel. And I definitely felt that stuff. I was fucking pissed. I'm not at like the game. It's like in general.
1: So you're saying you don't like golf? No. <laughs> I don't like golf. I, I've tried. The, the joke. The joke I wanted to say was Abby Anderson's PGA Tour 2021.
0: Oh my god, that's Is what I wanted to say. That's
1: disgusting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you're you're subhuman. Mm. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I
1: retweeted a video earlier today with I saw somebody it. Uh, I saw it with the PGA fucking the PGA Tour HUD. That's that Mario Golf shit. That's dude. Mario
0: Golf, okay. I don't I don't yeah. play golf
1: games. You don't play yeah. Mario Golf even?
0: I've Mario Golf the best. I played Toadstool Tour forever ago and I loved it, but I never actually owned the game, so.
1: Oh. It's okay. <laughs> Much well, like the sport, it's it's just okay.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> golf game. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. sorry about that. Oh, no, uh, I find it's funny making fun of this because uh, they, the gamers were uh, really out in, in mass being mad about this twist. When I find it very weird to be mad about this. Twi- uh, excuse me, this twist. <laughs> <laughs> Joel had to die. Joel right. had to die, dude. There's no way to progress the story without him. Facing a repercussions for his actions in the first game, like there's yeah, no way.
0: Some people have like this weird misconception that what Joel did at the end of the first game was okay. Yeah, it's really not. Like what I love about the first game is you. S- this entire, like the entire plot of like Joel's redemption and then subsequent damning of humanity is like a really, really fascinating story to tell. And why I like it so much, because you have this, like, empty shell of a human who lost his daughter, finally finds love again in, in, in Ellie, going on this journey with her. And then he is. And then. He gets that, and then it's about to get taken away from him again. And he has to make that choice. Yeah. And, it's, and like, even though personally for him it might feel like the wrong choice, it's literally the wrong choice. It's such the wrong choice to make. (laughs) It basically damned humanity to save this girl. And, like, they kind of dive into it a little bit via flashbacks, or even Ellie's, like, pissed about it. Because she would have been okay with it. She, like, one of the final flashbacks in the game is, like, um, after Ellie finds out, like, she avoids Joel for a very long time. And then she finally, like, decides to talk to him. And, like, she expresses it like, you took away meaning from my life. That was, that, was the, that was the meaning that my life was supposed to have. And you took that away. And because of the man Joel became, he just looked at her and said, if, if God gave me the chance to do it again, I would do it again. And it shows you, like, the, like despite even despite how fucked up what he did, he really did, like, learn to love her as his daughter. If that's your daughter, do you make that choice?
1: I don't know. That's kind of the cool thing about the first game is it's, it's uh, the most gray shit ever. Right, it's
0: so know? complicated, complex. Yeah. Um, a little bit of that, I think, is missing from this game, um, because it is the plot, it, the story it's telling is way more straightforward. Um, because it, it has a lot less to do with the complex emotion. And a lot it's more
1: to do two with revenge games. stories overlapping on each other. Basically. Yeah. And revenge stories at their core are very basic and, like, have a clear goal in mind. Now, like, what results at the end of each of, you know, these characters' revenge quests is very different.
0: Yeah, very uh, different. Which they is cool. On, they end up at opposite ends where, Yeah. like, in, you have Abby, right, but the person who murdered mm-hmm. Joel. At the halfway point of the game, while Ellie's going on her revenge quest and killing all the people who were involved with Joel's killing, um, you switch and you play as her, and her story is very different. It is uh, not as straightforward as Ellie's is because there's a big divergence.
2: Yeah, where you have the you have a you get get a little friend,
0: and Abby goes through a similar a similar kind of progression that Joel went through.
1: Yeah, I like how it's mirrored that way. You know, yeah. even though she's the person that killed Joel, and everybody says that they hate her, then they give her a plot line that's very similar to what Joel's was, uh, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, well, it, it makes you. It's like by the time the game is getting close to ending, like Abby became my favorite character in the game easily. She had the much more complex storyline, and she like you get to a point in the game where like because this this kid is part of uh, a religious cult called the Seraphites who are, uh, who are at war with the organization that Abby joined after the Fireflies disbanded because they got fucked by Joel. Called the WLF, or wolves as people call them. Yes. And they're at war with these Seraphites. Um, but then she discovers this kid and his sister who were being hunted by the Seraphites. And, uh, they were extradited from the Seraphites because the one kid is trans, and he shaved his head. Now, a lot of people in my neck of the woods on on the internet and the few Facebook groups I'm still a part of, I hate Facebook, but I go on there every once in a
1: while. Uh, Fair, and I agree.
0: I guess we're under the impression that this character dies which is not yeah true.
1: they're referring to like the uh, the barrier gays trope which is you know the unfortunate uh, thing that happens a lot of the time is gay characters are cannon fodder and that sucks I also saw people misattributing the uh, fridging of girlfriends uh, trope yeah to this game and uh, neither of these really happen no uh, it is kind of like unfortunate that they relied heavily on dead naming this character in the narrative I don't think it was that heavy. It's only...
0: I mean... Lev is like, only dead named, like, I think three times in the entire game.
1: Well, that's that's a lot. But, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I get that the villain is doing it. But it is that thing where, like, you know, a lot of the time when people use trans characters in a narrative, they just have to do this. And, you know, I could see trans people being a little upset that it's just the same thing over and over again.
0: Yeah, I get that. For it's them... A- I think um, I think a lot of that's counteracted by like what I, I think what it the- does
1: make sense for it is in the narrative, but I'm, right. I'm glad that like you know this character isn't just discarded. No, like nothing. Lev yeah. is
0: super important to this to like Abby's story, right? Because she's the person that gives her hu- her humanity back. You, yes. You, you you enter Abby's plot in a place where she like after murdering Joel, she's kind of like losing herself. Mm-hmm. Because she spent like. Because uh, in the hospital, Joel murdered her father as one of the Fireflies who were going to operate on Ellie. And like Ellie is doing in the first half of this game, uh, Abby is spending a rather large chunk of uh, her time after this happens trying to hunt Joel down and kill him. Abby discovering Yara and Lev in that, like, halfway point of the game. And she starts caring for them, really, like, Helps her get her own humanity back.
1: Yeah, and meanwhile, you have the parallel story of Ellie, uh, basically losing hers. Yes, uh, because she goes on this revenge quest to kill everybody associated with Joel. And no, I'm sorry, everybody associated with killing Joel. Yeah, and it it just goes to such ridiculous lengths that she basically loses everything good in her life as a result yeah, of the um, quest.
0: And that that that's one of the one of two crucial climaxes in this game. Ellie and Abby have, like, a pretty long, drawn-out fight. But then while Abby's at the advantage, it could easily just kill her. She lets her go. Just don't ever let me see you again. This is over. Because Abby doesn't... Abby's done. Yeah. At this point, she has Lev, and she wants to just, like... She wants to just go live her life. She's tired. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Ellie you know, tries to live her life out, but she can't escape it taunts her gives she has PTSD about it, and she you know it keeps it's in the back of her head that she's still out there and she can't like she can't take it and she abandons everything to finish this out
1: yeah and then she still girlfriend and yeah, she still doesn't do it.
0: The realization that this is worthless. Doesn't
2: hit her until the very end. Yeah, when basically she has the opportunity and like to kill Abby.
1: But whether she did or not, she still would have lost her girlfriend and she still would have got her fingers fucked. Yeah.
0: And that takes
1: away the, the guitar from her. Can't play the guitar, which is like one of her final like good memories of Joel. Yes, him learning, like God, that, him teaching her how to play guitar. That seems so so
0: crushing, man. It's the final scene in the game. Yeah, like you know, returns yeah. To, to to her to ranch home that she built with with her girlfriend with, with Dina. Mm-hmm. man, they have a child and everything, man. And yeah, and then she like, she finds the guitar, she pulls it out. And it makes you like, there's there's multiple points in this game where you play the guitar. There's even a point where you could like free play on it. You know, in a the theater they're staying at, that part's fun. I was fucking around. Right I've seen a lot
1: mom. of videos of people playing actual songs, like you know nothing else matters uh, all-star Someone was know, playing gotta Wonder play War. all-star I saw that shit yeah, of course <laughs> yeah. they have just
0: like a bunch of chords so like yeah it's, any, it's
1: pretty cool actually yeah, yeah
0: it's really robust um, I was playing uh, I was playing fake pasta trees by Radiohead oh nice uh, because it's one of the few songs I know on guitar and <laughs> it, it didn't sound great because like you have to use the, the, the touchpad to like strum all the individual string, strings it's actually really hard to do it was right. close yeah, Ellie you know, picks up this guitar, and she lost her fingers in that final fight. Yeah, it, just, it makes you play it, and she plays it terribly. She's got to learn how to play it lefty,
1: that's all. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> fine. Or get some Tony Iommi fingers, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, you gotta, you got to do a Bear grill Assess. you got to improvise, adapt, and overcome, okay? <laughs> just get some Tony Iommi fingers, you're good.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you'll create metal. Hell Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that entire final sequence. Is Obviously, funny.
1: that's not the takeaway you, you're supposed to have from the ending. Oh, right, Honestly, no, it's no, supposed take- to be the, the loss of something. Yeah. <laughs> I just find it funny to think of, like, well, there is solutions for this. You know, look,
0: the also, Def Leppard
1: drummer found a way.
0: <laughs> I like how I also like how you don't see what happens with Abby and Lev after they get away from all this. Yeah, I think it's just it like, easy to assume, you know, where like, you well, definitely need
1: very much like how the first game ended. I don't think this one needs another one. No, but like they could like it is openish, ish and uh, we'll see what they do. Uh, the first game had that. Uh, uh, whatever it was, the prequel DLC, and I'm, I'm curious to see if this one will end up having another DLC or if this is just the whole game. Um there's well, apparently think, that multiplayer component yeah, coming think, out eventually. Yeah,
0: I think that you're lead hard into now is the multiplayer.
1: Would be nice, would be cool. Um, not sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I what, think from what I have seen of the game, it looks pretty good. Now, narratively, there's a lot of problems I have because it seems to jump around a lot. It does, it jumps around and, a lot. And the pacing, the pacing is very haphazard. It's not like... It doesn't always flow well, in my opinion. It feels a little bit too long for its own good. Yeah, uh, there's a lot
0: of stuff that drags out. It tries to keep... Here's here's my big issue with the game. It tries to do a lot of the same stuff that the first game does with, like, its character building through, like, navigation. Yes. Where, like, it spends those scavenger segments where you're going around in, like, buildings and, like, opening drawers and, like, looking for supplies. The
3: character Mm -hmm. build. And
0: those moments are slow. You spend a yeah. lot of time doing that in the first game. But it, like, you're spending, like, an awful lot of time with these characters and growing into it. But then, like, you just kind of, like, double that up. And then a lot of the time, you're, you're as Ellie doing that stuff, you're by yourself.
2: And goddamn, yeah,
0: Probably. Like, th- those, seg- those aren't great gameplay segments or anything. The reason why those segments are great is because, like, at least in the first one, is because of the interactions that Ellie and Joel have while you're going around and fighting shit. Yeah. And you get a lot of that between Abby and Lev in this game. But...
1: Right, well, that would make sense, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, but Ellie is only with a companion, only, a, like, a few, like, short times throughout this entire game.
1: Um, yeah. It might have been intentional to make it seem like there's something missing here because she's on her own. Right. And, you know. But, yeah. but it doesn't, make it doesn't for really difficult. help it. Yeah.
0: It doesn't make for a good gameplay experience, though. Uh... One of my favorite parts of the game, though, is very early on. It um, took a big cue from uh, Uncharted: Lost Legacy, and when you you first arrive in Seattle, when Ellie starts her revenge quest, her girlfriend Dina's with her, and you're on a horse, and you're like in like a big downtown Seattle area that's like overgrown and like you know, apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. And you get to just ride around and look at a bunch of different things, and, like, scavenge and find things. There's this big open area while riding on a horse. And you get a lot of character interaction between Ellie and Dina. And it really, like, hits home their relationship. And that part of the game's excellent. It's absolutely excellent. But the tone of the entire game shifts super hard after that. Where Ellie starts progressively turning into a monster. Right. So I guess you just treasure the last little bit of good she has left. Oof! I mean, she has she gets another chance, man. She blows it.
1: Well, I guess we'll see in the Last of Us Three in 2030.
0: Yeah, but all, all all together, good game. I like it a lot. I think it's worth playing, especially if you like the first game. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. And I think Abby's a great character. And uh, it's
1: interesting to see the reaction to that game. Uh, reminded me a lot of, you know. Stuff like The Last Jedi, where everybody is wrong. Yeah. Like, because either it's the worst thing ever or the best thing ever. And I think the answer is a little more in the middle than people care to admit sometimes. And, like, there's no reason that there has to be, like, battlegrounds around this game's existence. Like, you can just say that, like, A, as long as you don't have a hateful reason to dislike the game, I'm willing to listen to you, your reasons why you dislike the game. You know, as long as it's not like there's a trans person in it. You could fuck off if that's the case. Right. Or if your argument is girls can't have muscles in the apocalypse, you can you can fuck off if
2: that's the yeah, case. Yeah, Abby's
0: fucking jack, brother.
1: She's yeah. fucking
0: built, she's ready to fuck you up, brother.
1: Yeah, I'll make it happens.
0: I'll make it many fucking <laughs> I was I would just talk about how fucking thick she was for like the first two hours I was playing as her. It was really
1: funny. She fucking big, dude.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny how they incorporate that into the gameplay, too, because like you do so many things a lot easier than Ellie. Like moving stuff around and punching people, and like it's so funny.
1: Yeah, you're a fucking soldier. Yeah, she
0: is. You're <laughs> a jack fucking soldier. It's so yeah. funny. I loved it. I love mm-hmm. that little touch, though. It's the shit like that that's great. um One more thing I want to mention before we move on. I know I'm going a little long. Uh,. Sorry. The I don't know if you noticed this, again, but the uh, the main song in the game um, that kind of runs throughout it a lot—the song that Joel teaches to Ellie at the very beginning of the game—is uh, called "Future Days" by Pearl Jam.
3: Hmm.
0: It's a it's a p- pretty damn good song, and like I didn't notice it at first. I've heard that song before. I didn't notice it at first until like the the second time you see Joel playing it. I was like, wait a minute, is that a Pearl Jam song? And I went and looked it up, and I was like, holy shit.
1: Yeah. It's a good song. Um, it's, it, it came out, like, uh, like right at the tail end of when the apocalypse would have happened in this universe, I believe. Yeah. apparently. Um, I think uh, even even Neil Kuckman-Druckman talked about it on Twitter, because someone pointed out that, that that studio album came out after yeah the first game. But, like, I guess Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam had played it live before and released a video of it on YouTube so yeah,
3: so there, I guess that's where
1: Joel saw it I guess yeah I guess his yeah.
0: suggestion is that Joel was and Joel would be a concert guy he's that dude before the apocalypse yeah. happened Joel was 100% that cool dad like fucking always going to concert guys that's, that's a case of Genesee in the fridge like 100% yeah, sure. that, that's the kind of dad Joel was like just, just from that of, one uh, scene in the first game you could tell that it's kind of, that's the kind of person he was
1: bit of a midlife crisis yeah let's go yeah. see pearl jam it's right.
0: saturday let's go yeah exactly like you can mm. just tell
1: oh man remember concerts justin
0: man that's oh man <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I, didn't, I didn't go used to, many. to exist i didn't go to many in the first place but man like I don't know, concerts are a great experience but you know fuck COVID, i guess Man, yeah, well, what can you do? I wish I could go see a good band, though. I've seen way more bad bands than I've seen good bands.
1: Yeah, I, I've been a lot more selective when it comes to concerts. I think I haven't really been to a bad one. Well, a lot but I've been to way fewer.
0: A, a lot of people were like, "Hey, if you want to go, like, do you want to go to this, uh, the Shine concert for free?" And I'm like, "Fuck it, it's free, and then I'll go." And then it's like a miserable but experience. Then it's...
1: But then it's, it's Down, so... Yeah
0: well, what, and, yeah, well, not just shine down, but then, like, you have, like, Puddle of Mud opening for them.
1: Ah, God, I didn't think you could get worse than Shinedown, but you did it.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, all right. Anyway, that's, well, anyway, speaking of... Those are my thoughts, of, uh, yep.
1: Yeah, speaking of horrible things, uh, go ahead and end them spoiler thingy there.
0: Yep, let me get the time signature... We are 46, 47, let's say 47 minutes. Just
1: go ahead yeah, and start right. talking about your comic again. Hey, all right. Hey, we're back. Hello, everybody. Um, it's time to talk about a little gem of a comic here. Combining two franchises that uh, we've nearly watched all of the entries in. It's Jason versus uh, Leatherface. And, I, you know, before I read this, I, my, my... uh. My hype level was pretty low, because so far uh, these Friday comics I've decided to read uh, have all been pretty not great, with the exception of the Jason Aaron one. I really liked that. And the art in uh, that first one I read The Abuser and the Abused. Uh, this one actually is surprisingly decent for as ludicrous as a concept as this is. Um, I actually had a lot of fun reading it. Uh, it's pretty creative with the concept so this is jason versus leatherface written by nancy a collins and the artist is jeff butler came out in the uh i believe like 1995 maybe throughout 1996 a little bit too so it's a little older than some of these other ones so this is the era where jason you know just had uh jason goes to hell come out and as for leatherface he was just in Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation, which obviously last week we talked about these films both a little bit. Mainly Jason Goes to Hell, but I compared and contrasted them a little bit because I was like, you know, these are both a very low point for these franchises where they tried something new and it, uh, uh let's say it didn't work. <laughs> let's just be fair and say it didn't work. Uh, so wisely ignoring that completely the uh, creative team here decided to kind of present us with a uh, more normal Jason and a more normal Leatherface. So the big question I had was, how are they even going to meet? You know, even if they existed in the same universe, which that's a stretch in and of itself, how do they meet? Jason's a Jersey guy. (laughs) Like Crystal Lake's supposed to be in the Jersey area. Uh, and then, uh, Leatherface is obviously from Texas, because it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, like, right. how do they How do they cross paths? How is this even possible? Turns out, uh, so Jason is underneath Crystal Lake. And, uh, I'm not really sure. It, it seems to be where we last left him after Part 6. Although his look in this comic is reminiscent of how he looked in Jason Goes to Hell with the bumpy skin and the smaller mask uh so really, it's just like any any point in time. it doesn't really matter, but he's kind of like chained to something and floating in the water like he was at the end of part six and the beginning of part seven. Yeah, so he's just floating there. It turns out Crystal Lake's been bought by some shady uh, real estate guys, and uh they're discussing uh what to do with Camp Crystal Lake, and uh I guess they're planning on building some... They're planning on draining the lake of its water and then rebuilding on the area. So what they're gonna do is, uh, the lake is filled with toxic fucking waste and shit. And, uh, they're dredging it and removing all the muck and guck and shit, and, uh, gonna ship it somewhere. Uh, and that ends up being via train. So Jason, of course, gets gets swept up in the dredging and, uh, (laughs) gets transported along with all the gook and crap for Crystal Lake into a train car, and then that is going to be transported to a facility in New Mexico where they're just gonna dump it in like some canyon or something. You know, your your good old great great business practices by uh evil capitalists. Uh we don't really see them again at any point in this comic. It's just a springboard to get Jason to get to Texas. <laughs> so on the train ride there, uh Of course, Jason gets out and he uh, kills some hobos on the train. And and, uh, they do uh, do something that doesn't happen and I don't think should happen in horror movies. Uh, Jason kills the hobo, and that's fine. You know, I'm okay with that. But then Jason kills the hobo's dog, cuts him in half with his machete. And I went, aw, come on, man. That's that's, that's not cool. You can't kill a dog. You can kill all the people you want. I don't give a shit. (laughs) don't kill dog that's mean uh and jason just kills a couple more people and starts heading out on his way walking doesn't really know where he is uh he kind of has a bit of an internal monologue it's written in uh third person so it's not like actually jason's thoughts it's kind of just like he doesn't know where he is and he feels these feelings he's never felt before and stuff like that so he runs into somebody in the woods he's in texas and uh, he runs into somebody in the woods who's running away. And they run towards Jason and say, you got to help me. There's a crazy maniac after. me." And uh, <laughs> turns out it's Leatherface. Boom, they meet. And uh, Jason kills this guy before uh, Leatherface. And uh, the Hitchhiker's here from uh, the original. Uh, he's kind of an amalgamation of the Hitchhiker and Chop Top. He's very talkative, and he's a little more deranged than the Hitchhiker was. The Hitchhiker was deranged, but maybe not nearly as deranged as Chop Top, I guess. So they kind of combined him into, like, one character here. And he's certainly the most deranged lunatic in the entire uh, three-issue miniseries here. Um, <laughs> uh, To the degree that, like, for some reason, they decided to put a swastika on his right cheek. Like a tattoo. And, uh, Jesus. you know, it's it's weird. It's really weird, and it stands out to me, because they don't mention it at all at any point. I mean, it's not out of the ordinary to think that some crazy Hill Jack motherfucker <laughs> would have a swastika tattoo because he's already a hateful murderer and a crazy person. But, um, yeah, it, it just, it's all the more weird because they don't talk. Uh, so that was weird. But anyway, uh, the hitchhiker and Leatherface at first are fighting Jason, but Jason, of course, you know, fights back and is pretty good at it. And then, uh, they kind of just stop fighting and Jason picks up Leatherface's chainsaw and hands it back to him. And uh, boy, the fuck! This is when the this is when things got good because I was not anticipating it to go in this direction. Uh, Jason heads to the Sawyer house, meets the cook, and uh, starts having strange feelings he hasn't felt in years. And those feelings are of family. Jesus and uh, people Christ. being like him, uh, so Jason stays with the Sawyer's for a bit, and like they kind of like him. The Hitchhiker doesn't really like anybody, but the cook likes him, and he's kind of like exactly the same as he, he's he's presented as younger than he is in One and Two. That old guy who played him uh, very well, my dad, <laughs> one of the most entertaining characters in the entire franchise but uh it's it's still the same idea you know he's the patriarch of the family kind of the leader kind of the dad but kind of a brother uh who knows where the family tree really goes (laughs) they're all fucked up anyway and uh so yeah um they ask his name and Jason uh, spells it out on the wall with uh some blood you know they're serving dinner Right. Uh, You know, obviously human remains as they do. And uh, the grandpa's there and also uh, an aunt who is dead, (laughs) of course. And uh, he spells out Jason on the wall. And they're like, well, welcome to the family, Jason. And uh, so then we start to get problems because uh, Jason goes out on a run to kill people with the hitchhiker. And he seems already not like the hitchhiker because he's, you know, he seems to be, you know, he identifies with Leatherface because they're both. Big, strong, br- mute, brood, brutes, brutes. You know, yeah. So he kind of feels for him, and he kind of like uh, sees the hitchhiker berating and beating Leatherface when he does like even the slightest thing wrong, and it kind of reminds him of a flashback scene of, uh, I guess, Jason's dad beating the shit out of him, and uh, you know, just like just like the the hint of an abusive past. With Jason, which, like, would it, I, I, I could see it. It would explain a lot. <laughs> but, um... So, the, like, you know, the hitchhiker tries to pull off a plan, which is very typical for the Texas Chainsaw movies, where, uh, you know, this couple pulls up, and they're lost, and he's like, well, I'll give you directions. Just head this way, this way, and this way. Oh, you got some car trouble? Let me look at that. And he, like, intentionally unplugs a bunch of shit. And, uh, obviously they crash a little bit of the ways up the road and then, uh, Jason just kills them like nonchalantly and the hitchhiker gets mad at him because, you know, he's like, you're supposed to savor the kill. What are you doing? (laughs) You're not supposed to just kill him. And then you're supposed to let him scream a while and like shit like that. Real demented piece of shit. Right. But, um, Jason doesn't care. He doesn't have any emotions and he doesn't care for them. So he just kills them, you know, (laughs) and, uh, but whatever, they bring him back and they're going to, you know, uh, this leans a little more Texas chainsaw Two interpretation of these characters than Texas chainsaw one. It's a little more ridiculous. Like the cook makes scrambled brains for breakfast. You know, it's, it's pretty
2: stupid. (laughs) And, uh, so obviously, um, Uh, The the hitchhiker shows Jason his uh, side project room, which is like a demented
1: little area where he uh, basically makes taxidermied people and chairs and furniture and all kinds of crazy fucking gross shit. There's like a Santa decoration that's actually a person's remains in a Santa outfit and all this shit. And uh, Leatherface breaks one of the chairs and he starts hitting Leatherface. And then this prompts Jason to throw him across the room and uh head after him leatherface stops him but it, it doesn't really last for long because the next time he sees the hitchhiker be an asshole he kind of like just comes at him and uh jason's internal monologue switches and he's like why did i ever think that i could be a family with somebody again i don't know anything of love all i know is hate and uh decides to try and kill these guys and uh He very nearly succeeds, if it wouldn't have been for Leatherface, uh, deciding that, you know, despite the fact that his family is abusive, they're still his family, and he's not going to let Jason kill them. So he kind of, like, saws Jason a bunch, and Jason falls over. So they don't know that Jason's supernatural throughout this entire comic, and they kind of just assume that Jason's dead. So they take him out to the river, and, uh, like, the cook, like, says, like, because the hitchhiker wants to, like cut them up and eat them like they do with all their other victims, right? But the cook is like, nah, we can't do that to Jason. He was one of us. He had his differences, but we're gonna go throw him in the lake and have a funeral. <laughs> so they do. They tie cinder blocks to his flakes and throw him in the, the fucking lake. And, uh... <laughs> there's this, like, little little funny moment where Leatherface throws his machete back in the river and they rose. <laughs> And is, like, crying.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: And, like, you know, the hitchhiker obviously doesn't care because he was like, that motherfucker tried to kill me. Blah. And he's just, like, completely unlikable the whole comic. But the other two kind of have a lot more sympathy for him. And they're like, you know, he couldn't, you know, be our family. But, boy, he was one of us. A real true killer, just like Granddad. And, like, whatever, you know. <laughs> and, uh... So then they go away, and Jason, of course, grabs the machete while it's in the the water and cuts himself out of that uh, deathly trap. And he stares at the house for a minute, and he's like, "Ah, fuck it, and then he just starts walking on the road all the way, the long way back to Crystal Lake, and abandons this silly notion he had of ever being a family with anyone ever again. And uh, that's it. And it was, you know... It's not perfect, and there's like little weird things like the swastika tattoo that kinda and the dog death that I really didn't like and felt didn't really add to it or have a purpose just felt like weird and mean for no reason uh it is a horror comic about very very awful people, so I can't really <laughs> judge it one way or the other uh but it was a lot better than I was expecting, like I I don't know how you approach this concept and like, I don't even know if this is the right answer, but it was a lot. It was very surprising to me how well they made it seem like Jason could get along with somebody and him getting along with Leatherface actually makes a lot more sense in my mind now than when I like before I read it. Like I thought they would just, you know what I mean? But no, they're, they're very similar to each other. It makes sense. So, uh, this wasn't a bad read. It's a lot, It's quick. It's only three issues. I would probably recommend it if you're a fan of either of these characters because it's, it's a fun ride. Uh, very brutal and violent. But uh, that's to be
2: expected, I assume. I'd probably give it like an 8 out of 10. It's alright. And uh, next week... Oh boy, next week. I wanted to wait
1: until we had watched Jason X to read this one. I don't know how they're going to do this. I don't know how they're going to pull this off, Justin. <sighs> ah. The next one I'm reading is called Jason versus Jason X. Oh, God. I don't know what this means. <laughs> does he, like, I find know. a... Does, does Uber
0: Jason, like, find a fucking time machine...
1: Go back. Uh, one can only one can only hope it's that dumb. I would love time travel shenanigans with Jason Voorhees. <laughs> he just goes back to like 1600s Jonestown and like oh it ended up being Jason that did it or something like that. You know oh they could have God. like fun with like little concepts like that. Like you know oh Jason killed JFK actually who who know, all this who knew all this time <laughs> just do Forrest Gump but with Jason Voorhees. He just, like, inserts himself in all these historical moments in history. <laughs> Jason's on the moon! <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I don't know how Jason is going to fight Jason X. And, like, if they did fight, in, the, in theory, wouldn't Jason X just wipe the floor with him? Because he's the powered-up Jason. Like, what's, what's, what's the riddle here? <laughs> this isn't equal grounds. This is like Super Saiyan
2: Blue Goku versus Super Saiyan Goku. You know what I mean? <laughs> I man, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I, I so I, I
0: I can't wait for you to tell me about that shit.
1: I I it's only two issues, so whatever they do, they better do it quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Speaking
0: of,
2: Speaking Jason, of X,
1: Jason X, ooh, yeah, it's
0: Jason X time. It's time, yeah. Hit me with it again. How did Jason X come to fruition? <laughs> Please tell me.
1: I like to call this movie Jason Takes Space Hatton. That's a good one. I like uh, that. <laughs> so yeah, Jason X, as as uh, those of you who are in the no no no, um, is is about Jason Voorhees in in future in space the year 2455 so um yeah you can say it's a little different compared to other entries in the series so it was released in april of 2002 for us in the u.s and a bit earlier in 2001 for like so depending on which year it came out for you it's either eight or nine years after the previous entry in the franchise jason goes to hell now this would be the longest gap between sequels Until the current record Which is held from the most recent movie to now You know, 11 years between 2009 and the present And really no
2: film in sight So Who knows So why so long between entries though Because, well, you know What's your
1: theory, Justin?
3: Um,
1: let's see So we know at the end of
0: Jason Goes to Hell There was a Freddy vs. Jason teaser Mm-hmm. So you would assume
1: that that was probably the next thing they were working on. It certainly was, but it took them so long to decide on how that was supposed to be that it was kind of in development hell for like 10 years.
3: Yeah. Yep. I uh,
1: with like, you know, two different parties not really agreeing on what to do probably. I'll definitely get into that more next week. So in the interim um, you know we had a, a franchise that gestated for like nine years. You know, you have the Freddy vs. Jason thing not really working out, lingering in development hell. And then you have Jason Goes to Hell being such absolute trash that, like, it seems like maybe nobody wants to touch this franchise
2: at the moment. Uh, until 2003. Well, oh, no, sorry. I, I guess, like, 2000. Two thousand three is when Freddy vs. Jason came out.
1: My mistake. So, in the, like you know, around the year two thousand, we have Sean S. Cunningham kind of decide uh, as still the producer of this series that uh, they're going to start planning a new project that will help maintain public interest in the Friday the Thirteenth and Jason Voorhees properties because it had been so long since an entry that they were kind of worried that the public like interest would like not really be all there for freddy versus jason when it eventually came off the ground. uh now this is not something that nightmare people really worried about but i digress uh, <laughs> um yeah like so, that's what a weird yeah thing like to think about. I, I don't think anybody was going to forget <laughs> so this time rather than a complete newbie cunningham chose to collab with james isaac who is not a noob good choice Uh, now isaac's only prior directorial credit was a movie called the horror show which is also known as house three which has nothing to do with the first two movies but uh anyway that's a whole different story that i'm not going to get into uh more importantly isaac was a special effects pro Uh, he's worked on all kinds of significant movies working on creatures for return of the jedi and gremlins Uh, as well as collabing with David Cronenberg on several films, including The Fly. So he knows his way around some good special effects. That's his main area of expertise. So I would say we certainly have a bigger level pedigree with Isaac than we do with Adam Marcus, despite the fact that they are both somewhat rookies when it comes to being the director but Isaac had a lot of help because he he was kind of like a protege of David Cronenberg. Okay. So after Jason X, Isaac would only direct one more film and then he would unfortunately pass away in 2012, so, you know, he kind of remained a special effects guy, more behind the scenes than behind the camera, uh, which is fine, you know. Nothing in Jason X really convinces me that he was like a great director, but, boy, is this movie funny. <laughs> And super campy. I like the tone of it. And the idea for this film came from screenwriter Todd Farmer, who worked with Cunningham uh, previously. Uh, So Farmer would later in his career write uh, the My Bloody Valentine remake. And he would also write uh, the absolute American movie classic known as Drive Angry, starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, no. And and, uh, so, so the idea to take Jason to space was the only pitch Farmer brought to New Line. Um, They kind of had a discussion with uh, Isaac and Cunningham about what they wanted to do, and he was like, fuck it, space. And they were like, yeah, space. (laughs) And then I guess New Line must have liked that idea because they finally put a new Jason film into production. That's right, it has to be a Jason film still. They still don't own the rights to the name Friday the 13th, hence the title Jason X. It implies that it's the 10th film, but without saying Friday the 13th. So, filming took place in Toronto, Canada. And uh, you can really tell because the majority of the cast is Canadian. (laughs) And they hired locally to keep things cheap. And uh, speaking of keeping things cheap, look at these sets. Look at these bad space sets. Shit looking like fucking a sci-fi channel fucking yeah, show. and the special Shit's, effects, too. Oh, my God. For real, though. It kind of gives it its charm. This this isn't like a real movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's trying to be... It knows that it's stupid. You know? Like, it, it really leans into the fact that this is a dumb idea and that this is the tenth movie in a franchise and, like, fuck it, let's take him to space. So. It, it leans into this being a dumb pre premise, and I kind of like that about it. So go ahead and hit me with what happens in this fantastic little piece of shit. Right.
0: After an incredibly
1: incredibly late 90s title card. Oh like, boy, is it?
0: The most late 90s title card I've ever seen while they're like dig- doing blood tests of Jason.
1: Yeah, it's like zooming through Jason's blood and shit, and it's just like some bad gradient background.
0: Yeah, it's some funny. good shit. We got location. Crystal Lake Research and Development Facility.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes. The, the Crystal Lake Research and Development Facility. Subject, so, Jason Voorhees. Uh-huh. So, unbeknownst to us, the audience, um, I doubt this will get explained, but I, I will point out that Freddy vs. Jason, which we're watching next week, does take place before this. They set this after on purpose so that it, it wouldn't contradict any continuity that would happen. Um, I doubt we get an answer as to why Jason is captured and in a research facility, but it doesn't fucking matter. Why there's It's just a springboard for the ludicrous the plot. <laughs> yeah, keep it close to home, I guess. I don't know.
0: So you got uh, Jason all oh, chained the fuck up.
1: Yeah. Kane Hodder as Jason again. This is his fourth and final outing as the character. And he received top billing, which is not something that happens when you play Jason Voorhees in a Friday the 13th movie, usually. I mean, you're lucky if you even get credited sometimes. Right. But, uh, <laughs> like, you know, for someone whose entire portrayal is behind a mask and he doesn't have any spoken dialogue, kind of cool that they gave him top billing. Good job, Kane Hodder.
0: Yeah, well, he's great. Once again, he's one of the, the best, parts best about Jason. This movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: It's a shame that he's in so many bad movies.
1: Man, what are you going to do?
0: So now we got, well, Jason's still chained up, we got Big Executive Man walking with some guards up to the, the room
1: where Jason's being held. Hell yeah, Did you, do you know who that Big Executive Man is? No. It's a cameo from David Cronenberg as Dr. Wimmer. That's him. He That's looks the like famous a famous director.
0: He looks like a fucking nerd.
1: <laughs> he probably is, uh, but um, yeah, uh, he he wants to transfer Jason to Scranton, <laughs> Pennsylvania, <laughs> which made me laugh. Yeah, that's funny. I can't I can't think of Scranton without thinking of you know the office. <laughs> yeah, let of like, yeah. Scranton, what the electric city?
0: could <laughs> take him to the paper fa- take him to the paper, paper paper factory. Yeah. we we'll sure. paper it up, turn them into paper?
3: Sure. Awesome.
0: But before he could reach the Jason room, uh, scientist lady and our final girl.
1: Yeah, our main character for the movie, this is Lexa, uh, uh, Doig. I don't know how to say her last name. D-O-I-G. Doig? Doig doesn't sound right, but no, I'll but say it anyway. Whatever, fuck it. Uh, her character's name is Rowan. And, uh, so she played the title role on this Canadian sci-fi series known as Andromeda, and she would later have a role on Stargate SG-1. So, so I guess space nonsense is, is like her specialty, but I, I'll also point out that she played Talia Al Ghul on Arrow, uh, the show that really wanted to be a Batman show, but was a Green Arrow show instead.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But of yeah, after some jumbo where, where, you know, big executive man's like, you're not allowed to stop me. She's like, don't move, Jason, you're
1: stupid. He's like, I'm gonna be stupid. I'm gonna do it anyway. And then Jason just gets out.
0: Yeah, so so Jason Oops. somehow gets out of all the bodies he had. And they, they flip over a sheet that was covering him, and it's the guard that was supposed to be protecting him. Then Jason proceeds to massacre everybody in this room. Yeah, they're, dude. They're fucking
1: dead. I love how Jason is really just teleporting around this place, too. Like, this certainly just
2: presents him as OP as fuck. Yeah. He it can't is... be stopped, man. He throw, throws, <laughs> a,
0: throws, like, a spear thing th- that was attached to a chain through, through executive man's chest, which is a good time.
1: Yeah, I believe David Cronenberg's only uh, request for his cameo was that he got murdered by Jason, and they fulfilled that request.
0: Oh, yeah, they filled it very well. Mm-hmm so then you know lady stumbles across jason yes good old rowan and she uh she's like oh god oh fuck
1: their original plan for jason was to cryo freeze right and just deal with him eventually or just leave him on forever probably would be a good idea
0: yep and so now her goal is okay well let's uh let's try to cryo freeze him
1: yeah that seems to be the only option presented here
0: she tries to lure him into the chamber, and she almost succeeds, but then Jason, but
1: Jason fucking st-
0: gets stabs her <laughs> he stabs through her the chamber.
1: Through the cryo-freeze machine with his machete, and she collapses. So that means the, uh, I, I don't, I mean, it's not like cryo-technology is, like, completely, you know, real in this movie, <laughs> but, um. Like, I, I don't know if it would work this way, but whatever. It, it freezes her, too, because, like, some of the f- cryo leaked out so it is, the so thing.
0: Like, so, like, emergency locks the entire facility. It just freezes the facility.
1: Yeah, I guess. I, I'm very sketchy on the fact that, like, no one would find these people until the year 2455. Right. Because, like, like really? No one would find them until then? No one would come looking for the missing government agency man. Or anything. Like really? Like like no one knew. But whatever, fuck it. it it's it's the excuse for our presence. Anyway, skip ahead four hundred years or so.
0: Yep. In a bunch of people in suits, the big space suits coming down uh coming down a cobweb now cobweb's research facility on Crystal Lake. Yeah. I'm to say. <clears throat> and they discover Jason and the girl. Mm-hmm. So here we've got the most most of our crew throughout this movie.
2: Yeah, uh, not
1: everybody's here, but I'll go through a couple of them real quick. We got Lisa Ryder as KM14, who is a fucking android
3: yeah.
1: girl. So that's a thing that's going on. Uh by okay. the way, Ryder starred alongside Lexa Doig in Andromeda. And uh, their core their core roles have been reversed. You know, Ryder was a, a is a robot here, but a human in Andromeda. Doig is a human here, but a robot in Andromeda. Um, I don't know who else all we got here. Um, the dumb kid. It's a bit t- oh, definitely got him. Got a few lines. Well, we here. got the hacker man because he always goes with the robot. His name is Sooneron. Which is like I had—I mean, I had to look that one up. Everybody has weird future names. Yeah, this is Chuck Campbell as Sooneron, uh, the Hacker Man, <laughs> and uh, in the creator slash uh, lover question mark to KM14. Uh, he would continue his sci-fi career with a role on Stargate Atlantis. I don't know how many Stargate series there are, but it seems like at least five too many, and. So, uh, strangely, in looking at his Wikipedia to find out who he is, I came across an interesting fact, because the opening paragraph of Wikipedia stated that he played Johnny Sasaki in Metal Gear Solid 4. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But then I noticed that that claim is unsourced. And uh, sure enough, a different person is listed as playing Johnny on IMDb. So uh, let me take this moment to say, shut the fuck up, Wikipedia, you dumb bitch. I always check sources. Got them. Yeah, you gotta check your sources, kids. Wikipedia will lie to you and say that an actor voiced Johnny Sasaki when he didn't voice Johnny Sasaki. And you know, you gotta know these important things. <laughs> yep. So, our crew here reveals Frozen Who's, Mm-hmm. Who's the main one we gotta talk about? The dumbass? Yeah. Here he the is. Dov. Dov. Teifenbach as Azrael. If you showed me both of those names, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one's the character and which one's the actor. But anyway, <laughs> he's a dumbass. He's a complete dumbass. It seems that um, you know, dumb characters will still be a mainstay in this franchise, even though it is the future now. And he he's so dumb that he like, you know, when they when they <laughs> When they open the cryogenic cell that Jason is in, he falls forward, still holding the machete, and cuts off this dude's arm. Yep. Without even being conscious, Jason is causing chaos. Yep.
0: (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite lines in this entire movie is also uttered here, where they make a Mm -hmm. remark about his hockey mask.
3: Yeah!
1: They say they, they don't recognize what it is, but one person can tell. And they say it's a hockey mask, and the dude's like, very good. The professor. Yeah, our, our our concept here is that like, this is basically a school on a field trip, <laughs> but like to a space station instead. And uh, the professor here is like, oh, very good. Um, so, yeah, I guess hockey was outlawed in uh, the year 2025. five. Twenty four. 24? Okay, yeah. damn. We only got four years left of hockey, dudes. Get yeah. your hockey in while you can. Right. don't.
0: You know, you <sighs> wonder know what's
1: going to happen in four years. Damn.
0: You know there's an accurate
2: representation of the future, okay? hmm Oh, yeah, very accurate. You know, I believe 100% that hockey will be outlawed in four years.
0: Yeah, so the the reason the dumb kid gets his fucking arm cut off is he like he's told not to touch anything. He immediately touch a cup that's cryo freezed and gets stuck yeah. on his hand. And then he tries to break it off, and then Jason falls on him, cuts off his arm. which is funny.
1: Yeah. And and they're very nonchalant about this to the point where it's 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 pretty funny that this dude got his arm cut off. And they're like, "Oh, you'll be fine. Shut up."
0: <laughs> yeah, they give him like they give him like some drugs. So they have like this like future bandage that like. Immediately adheres and cuts off the circulation on his arm.
1: Yeah, and cauterizes the wound too. And um and then when we get back to the facility and we start meeting everybody else and they start uh going after the process of uh unfreezing these people. Um they also throw him in a medical machine that just fucking repairs and regrows his arm. So there's this some some kind of like nanotechnology at play here. that literally just, like, repairs injuries. They refer to them as ants. Uh, And they kind of look like little nanobugs. And uh, they just go all over your injury and repair you. Set up for later, really. But uh, they use this to uh, bring back Rowan. And, uh, you know, several people on the ship are interested because new girl, so sexism survived until 2040 damn 55. <laughs> not surprising yeah uh, no, no it's, um uh, speaking of sexism surviving to 2455 i should note the costume design in this movie yeah is 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 very um revealing for the female characters <laughs> um they're all wearing i don't i don't know i think it's kind of funny like I don't I don't view it as offensive or anything, but it is kind of funny that like their interpretation of what clothes of the future would be are are strange as fuck.
3: <laughs>
1: There's yeah. this girl with like this fucking like weird like outfit with just no middle <laughs> just nothing. And, and and like I have no clue what I'm even looking at for some of these future outfits. And maybe they they're sure to give Rowan a future outfit too, because they have to remove her clothes to, like, do the surgery or whatever, and they give her new clothes that uh, are also skimpy, so that she can match everybody else, you know.
0: (laughs) You know, uniformity.
1: Yeah, so who do we all, uh, who do we all got here? Melissa Aid as Janessa. Yeah, she's the student with the weird, sexy clothes. Oh, wait, that's, like, all of them. We we have a military presence on the ship. Uh, Basically, like, security for these people. I assume, like, in this lore, if you even will give it the respect, calling it lore, <laughs> uh, I, I guess there needs to be some kind of military detail whenever anybody goes to space, which which would make sense. You no, know? so like I don't know. I view them kind of like a space marine unit of some sort. Clearly, this took a lot of inspiration from things like Alien and Aliens. And uh, so we got Peter Mensa as Sergeant Brodsky, the badass military commander of the ship, and I think my favorite character in the whole movie. Yeah. Because he he really has a has a good this whole thing. Uh, so so if you think you recognize him but aren't sure where from, uh, I'm gonna ask you to picture him saying, "This is blasphemy. This is madness." And then you got to picture Gerard Butler saying, "This is Sparta," and kicking him into a pit. Yeah that's that's what he's from <laughs> uh we we got we got melody johnson as kinsa another female student who wears some, some, some uh some, some pretty revealing future clothes there uh derwin jordan as waylander uh he's he's one of the survivors that lasts pretty late uh philip williams as crutch the totally not danny mcbride engineer dude uh <laughs> we got uh Christy Angus as Adrienne, who, uh, seems to be, uh, a a little more responsible and maybe, like, uh, than than some of the others. Still dresses pretty sexily though. And, uh, she is, uh, initiating the uncryoing of Jason here at the beginning of the movie. And we got, like, a couple more Marines. We got Dylan Bierke as Briggs and Amanda Bruegel as Gecko. Uh, you can see Bruegel now on The Handmaid's Tale. Hey, From Jason X to The Handmaid's Tale. That's a pretty good career move. (laughs) And... uh, Yanni Gelman as Stoney... Who is Kinsa's dumbass boyfriend. Uh, But I guess most importantly... We gotta talk about The Professor. Okay?
0: He's a...
1: Jonathan Potts as Professor Lowe. I I need to bring up... That Jonathan Potts is the magical voice... Of Link in the Legend of Zelda animated series, gifting us the iconic (laughs) phrase, well, excuse me, princess. That was him. And here he is today. uh, In Jason. (laughs) 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 Well, not today. 20 years. Crazy to think. So I I think that's basically everybody until uh, other people are relevant later. Um...
0: Yeah, so they successfully <laughs> reanimate our main character here. And uh, immediately she's like, Did you contain him? Did you, did, you, did, you, did, you get, did you get him?
1: Yeah, she takes the news that the year is 2455 pretty well and is more concerned about Jason Voorhees, which I think makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah, very much so.
2: Yeah.
0: But they're like, Nah, you're safe. Don't worry about it. You're good. You're not good.
1: Yeah. I get the sense that the future is a very safe place and they don't run into issues very often. So, like, when they're presented with one, they all handle this situation very poorly. And they don't, they don't handle Jason very
2: well at all. Yeah.
3: <sighs> so...
1: I mean, why, why would you be cautious in a, in a society where any injury can be
2: immediately cured with no problem with the future machine? Yeah. Hmm. So once she's resurrected, our professor, man
0: goes and has a video chat with another dude.
2: Yeah, this
1: is a character known as uh, Dieter Perez. <laughs> uh, this is the, the man Professor Low talks here. Uh, this is played by Robert A. Silverman. Um, he's most famous for being a frequent actor for David Cronenberg. So There's a lot of Cronenberg connections in this movie. He was a, in five of his films and he was in Cronenberg's of Friday the 13th the series which I will watch before we're done with this because I'm curious to what he actually did for that show he's probably the most famous director associated with that shit Yeah. so uh, this dude is kind of upset (laughs) that the professor is calling him at a late hour and he's just like can you leave me the fuck alone and he's like, yeah, I found like a cryogenically frozen person. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, preserved whatever. for four hundred years. He's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> we find frozen people all the time. Shut the fuck up. Who gives a shit? He's like, no, we can make money off of it. He's like, you're yeah, not really. It's not. It's not that big of a deal. And then he's like, well, what about this other one I found? His name's Jason Voorhees, and he's like, did you say Voorhees? <laughs> so like, yeah, somehow thing- he's he knows about Jason Voorhees yeah, just like, like fucking 400 weird. years after the fact. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I mean, like, you know, it's weird in the sense that like so many of these Friday movies had Jason have a myth status. Like not everybody really believed in him or accepted him as fact. People were like, it's nonsense. But then I guess you had like Jason goes to hell approached it. Like it was pretty real. It was, it was being reported on television for fuck's sake, his death and everything. Yeah. But it's so weird that they've transitioned hard into like, just like, yeah, Jason is real and like everybody knew who he was basically. <laughs> even even 400 years after the fact, this dude's like, oh yeah, he was a serial killer in
2: Campus Lake. Killed a lot of people. Yep. And so, Apparently invincible. Yeah, so he's like, oh, I'm going to sell Jason.
1: Lowe's ready to fuck I'm gonna some make money. some money. Yeah, so this is like, you know, continued aliens parallels here. Obviously there has to be some kind of scum fuck who is
2: like, but we could make money off of the murderous things. You know? Yeah. And then you uh, have to of course have. And then uh Janessa walks in with uh mm-hmm. with some
0: some tongs and champagne.
1: I forgot this scene happened, Justin.
0: I was like, we need to talk oh, about my, God. my midterm.
2: Mm-hmm. And she can... the DSM's the fuck out of him. Yeah, yeah she, uh... Nippy. Yeah. Justin, I
1: legitimately forgot this scene happened after I watched it. <laughs> I, granted, like, so much of this, the rest of this movie is memorable, but, like, man, I guess I blanked out on this one and just willingly forgot it until just now.
0: <laughs> yep. And, uh,
1: it's, it's an, unco- it's an un- uncomfortable scene, seeing this Professor man go like, You, Pat! yeah when he comes and and come in his shorts yeah glad to see that uh this is still a thing in the year 2455 the easy a if you will
2: (laughs) yep and now we got uh jason getting tested Mm. and operated on yeah And, uh, and uh that's gonna go well oh super well
0: Super. No, uh-huh. no problems at all here.
1: Nah, I know you. Never well, have any problems.
0: While she's testing stuff on him, he uh, he gets up.
1: I, I love the, the 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 score when he gets up. It's just like it's it's really like loud. And obnoxious. By the way, Manfredini back doing the score again, and it's very good. I like that he changed up his style a bit for this movie.
3: Yeah.
1: I like the future sounds. You know, it's got kind of got like an epic regal feel to it, but. It kind of, like, hammers home how cheesy it is, too, because, like, you know, we're supposed to believe that this is, like, grand and epic space adventure, but it looks like, you know, a mid-2000s sci-fi channel show.
0: So... What are you I gonna mean, do? Yeah. <laughs> so the way this scene goes...
1: This is one of the best scenes in yeah, the entire so you have franchise. franchise.
0: Right. So you have two <laughs> other students
1: fucking, right, in another room.
0: And the well, way it's she cut. basically
1: just tells them to go away. Yeah. yeah,
0: and the way that this is cut is the one the one girl like moans, and then it makes it look like Jason hears it from the other side of the ship, and then springs up like premarital sex, yeah. not on my watch, <laughs>
1: bitch. <laughs> the the sex woke him up <laughs> from his ancient slumber because he's Jason, and that's what he do. It's super funny.
2: Yep, and then,
0: uh... So then you get one of, the best, you know, one of the best kills in the entire franchise here.
2: I think this is the
1: best kill in the franchise. There's not a lot of competition for as good as this one looks and is executed. It is incredible. <laughs> so, um... Jason springs to life, and she's obviously like, ah, and he grabs the fuck out of her, and despite not knowing anything about future technology, he dunks her head in some cryo liquid. And it freezes the fuck out of her head, killing her instantly.
2: He's not Head done frozen.
1: There. Nah, he smashes the fuck out of her head, and it explodes in a ball of goop, goopy blood, melty blood.
2: <laughs> uh, oof! What a kill! Incredible. Yep.
3: Now- this is a
2: good start to this film. <laughs> 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 We're off and running. We're at a- <laughs> and then they're off. Yep, and then we get, uh... We get, uh, them discovering that Jason
0: is here, and we get to meet the Grunt team. Military boys. Your... Your, your, your protectors of the ship all get together. Like, oh, Jason's up and about. We gotta
1: get him. Yeah, there's several, but I, I don't know how many... I, I think I named them all already. Yeah. Um... Oh, I do want to bring up before we fully pass that cryogenic head smash. Uh, that's so iconic, even though it's in this piece of shit movie, that they tested this on fucking Mythbusters 2010. Uh, you know, and they busted the myth, proving it, it, it couldn't work in real life. And I was like, shut sure. up. No shit. <laughs> For real? Oh, oh, really? That wouldn't. Oh, OK, cool. Never would have guessed. So, the military suits up to go take out this psychopath, and uh, obviously um, Professor Guy doesn't have what isn't having it because he wants to make money off of Jason still, so he kind of convinces the guy to accept a bit of money, but actually he doesn't do it. He's just like, "You know, I was offered five hundred thousand dollars, so um try your best not
2: to blow him into a million pieces to his crew when they laugh. <laughs> I also want to mention that while they are suiting
1: up and grabbing guns and stuff they mention a BFG yes they do which is of course a reference to Doom
2: but it's cool to see yeah Then we have our our dumb little dumb, dumb kid and a friend of his I guess this
1: is Todd Farmer actually by the way
0: oh okay cool
1: this is the writer of the movie
2: here, cameoing in a, in a dumb scene. Um, this is some bad CGI, man.
1: This is some real bad CGI.
3: Yeah,
1: so <laughs> they're playing some VR uh, video game shooter here. Yeah. Um, there's Some kind of demon creature that drops down, and like, and it it just looks like PS2, maybe even worse than PS2. A
0: worse, worse. Yeah
1: and uh not that cgi was good even for big budget movies at the time like this is the era of the scorpion king showing up in the mummy return you know that shit didn't look too good what was this 2002 like i don't know the hulk was near then hulk looks pretty bad now um but it looks worse than all of those for sure but that that just goes hand in hand with this movie being very low budget yeah very very low budget <laughs> And so I don't I don't hate it here as much as some other bigger budget movies. Yeah. Um,
0: that uh, Jason shows up during their VR game.
1: Well, he cuts this demon thing in half. I don't know how Jason is able to interact with VR stuff. He's not in the VR. I simi- I don't. Who knows? It's future. <laughs> yeah, future. And then of course they're like they get killed by Jason, but it's just in the VR, and like the severed head of <laughs> of Todd Farmer here. Goes like, oh, man, hey, game over, dude. Then they take off
2: their VR helmets. And Jason's just standing there like, what the fuck's going on? And then they get killed in real life. Uh, very easily. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, even though he got his arm repaired, Ezreal didn't last much longer. Yeah, not at all. Because of course not, he's a dumbass. <laughs> And then now, Jason goes after all the military dudes. It's time for cannon fodder to be taken care of. Boy, there's there a lot of them. Yeah, this is a big lengthy scene of all these people just
0: getting picked off one by one. Yeah.
1: It's pretty funny how ineffective they
2: are at killing Jason. They have big giant f***er guns. It just goes I think strange. my favorite is is the one guy who
1: like radios and says I got the son of a bitch and then Jason just kills him while he's radioing in that yeah. message. <laughs> uh, actually, so so yeah, yeah, it leads to him killing the main guy, but not really as we find yeah. out later. But Did the moment s- is fantastic where yeah. he stabs him and then he's like, it's gonna take more than that to kill me, and then Jason just stabs him again. And he's like, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's really leaning into the, the cheese real hard. As it well should. Yep. It's the only reason this movie kind of even works.
0: Right. Our science crew has all been hiding in a single room when they learn of what's, what's happened.
2: Yeah. It's gone, it's gone poorly. Now it's just a bunch of nerds uh, on a field trip and Jason... I guess it's not that different from uh, any other Friday movie.
0: (laughs) Yep. And so they're like, all right, well, we're almost docked at the station we're supposed to go to. So uh, we'll just radio in with them and make sure they're ready. To blow Jason to smithereens as soon as we land. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Jason kills the pilot.
1: While he's flying. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. And so the ship I, I forgot to I forgot to mention the pilot. His name is uh, Boyd Banks. It's Fat Lou. Was the pilot's My name? God. Yeah. Uh I also forgot to mention the ship is called the Grendel, which is obviously a reference to Beowulf. Uh you know, there's some similarities here. Grendel and his mother are two of the beasts that Beowulf fights and you know, Grendel is a beast that comes out of the water. So, you know, this all makes sense. This all makes sense, as dumb references. Yeah, sure. (laughs)
0: So, because there's the dead pilot, the, the ship isn't able to make the proper trajectory to get to the station. So instead, it kind of just, like, beats up the big dome that's there and crashes through a building. Yeah. And then one of my favorite things in this entire movie happens... And the release is like, well, we'll just turn around and go back. It'll be all right. And then they look behind him, and then the entire space station explodes.
1: Yeah. So, like, this movie probably has a bigger body count than any of them in, in, than any other one because of this. Because that space station exploding might be, like, 200,000 people from the director's estimation. You <laughs> <laughs> can tell he kind of inflates the number when people ask him about this just because he thinks it's funny Yeah. that like that many people just died because they <laughs> fucked up but like you know however
2: many you think it is it's, it's kind of uh, insane <laughs> yeah and so
0: after that happens Jason shows up smashes in through a window and most of them take off running besides our professor man dude uh-huh. tries to do the villain.
1: Let's work together. we can make so much money.: Yeah, he tries to reason with Jason and appeal to his uh, base instincts, you know, as a human. Too bad Jason's not a human. and uh, he, he really he has uh, Jason's machete, and Jason's looking at it and he's like, <laughs> love this scene. where he's just like, "Oh, your machete, Oh, that's what you want here. Here guys, guys, he just wanted
2: his machete and then of course he. Guy. Dead. Dunzo. Next.
0: (laughs) I could look straight in the camera when he then this happens too.
1: Yeah, it's pretty great. (laughs) And just like that, we're probably down to only like five or six people left alive here.
0: Yeah, there's there's six left. Yeah. You count the android.
1: And and of all of them, the one that's oddly enough the most like resourceful one. Who takes charge of the situation is the one they just unfroze a few hours ago. <laughs> she
2: doesn't mess around. She knows how big of a deal Jason is, so she ain't fucking dealing with this shit. So I, I think there's a couple
1: kills along the way here. Um, there's the one girl who, like, like, I think their plan is to get to the escape pod, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's their shuttle. Yeah. It's like the one girl makes it, right? And then they're like trying to like yell at her to let him let him in.
0: Yeah, so they get it all together. And uh and they find the they find the our, our sergeant military man who's still alive.
1: That's right. I think before this the, the Danny McBride dude goes up to pilot the ship and also gets killed by Jason. Yes. In in a very funny scene well, where Jason for some reason carries the professor's head all the way up there
0: it just shows it to him
1: and dangles it in front of his face and the dude says oh hey low then he realizes that it's like a cut off head and he goes ah shit and then he (laughs) does
0: they're doing that while Uh, they were hooking everything up to fuel up and get the shuttle ready so that, that, that didn't finish no And so the one girl freaks the fuck out
1: yeah she fucks up real bad she real dumb
0: yeah, so she she has yeah. like a panic attack. It won't open yeah. the it won't open the door to the shuttle to let everybody else in. Then she just panic mm-hmm. tries to fly the shuttle out, but the fuel lines are still connected.
1: Yeah, that's a bad idea. So as, as she tries to go, she just blows
2: up and she dies. And so now they uh they need another plan because uh, that's not going to work.
0: Yep. So, but magically. They get in contact
2: with another ship. Hey.
0: Like, oh my god. Beautiful. <laughs> but they got a Jason. So.
2: He's coming.
0: Our. Our, uh, our Kackerman, Android guy here. Mm-hmm. Decides to beef up the Android. And turn her into a killing I, machine.
1: I love how stupid this is. I really do. Because, Like. <laughs> I was thinking the whole time like why don't they just have the, the robot fight Jason she'd probably be good at it She's a robot and they do <laughs> and she grabs like a million guns and literally after getting a combat upgrade or whatever from Hacker Man just fucking obliterates Jason to smithereens He hasn't been this dead since the last movie. Okay, I guess it hasn't been that long. (laughs) But um (laughs) boy, she just fucking and and this scene is so cheesy and stupid because she's like fucking like making fun and like aching it on for the camera.
3: Just like
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like shoots off his arm. Yeah. Just blows (laughs) off his head. It's really funny. Mm Mm-hmm. Just blows the fuck out of his Explodes. I guess
1: Jason's dead. And I, I I was very worried that we were going to have some kind of Jason goes to hell nonsense briefly, but thank God we don't have to get into Jason transferring his essence into other people because, uh, oops, somebody left the magic healing machine on, (laughs) 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 or like just like the the ships like you know losing power and whatnot and like electricity just trips a wire or something. Either way, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, we get Jason reconstructed into the transformed, upgraded, stronger, uber Jason with the silver mask, which, uh, even though it is a twist in the film, it was used in all the marketing, including the poster. But, like, fuck it, who cares?
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like, my God. I love and hate how he looks. Um, I love it for the context of this movie being, like, super stupid. But he doesn't necessarily look badass. He looks like a Power Ranger. Yeah. You know? Like, like it doesn't really have that scary horror quality that some of the other looks that he's had can have. He just looks like a Power Rangers film. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. So, um, but for this movie, I think it works fine because this is some pure cheese nonsense. Oh yeah.
0: So, they have another ship coming out their way, but their ship's about to blow up because of like the reactor overheating or some shit. Uh huh. So they have to blow off one end of the ship through tunnels in order to uh, not die.
1: Yeah. So they. I plan- think it's around here where they find the other soldier guy. And he- fine and like give him like a bit of a and he's fine miraculous right? Yeah. <laughs> real easy to not be dead in this universe yeah, I guess so yeah. unless you're that space
2: station they blew up yeah.
0: fuck
2: mm. those guys <laughs> oops
0: yep so and, while they're getting the rest of these charges set, Jason shows up and the Andrei- android comes back to try to kill him again And really, doesn't doesn't
1: work very well. Yeah,
0: comically, he just runs up and punches her head off. It's really funny.
1: Yeah, and but she's still alive because robot, which is fun. We get like you know, again, just like aliens, we get a robot with a severed head,
2: still talking and doing shit. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So one guy with the detonator gets left behind. Yeah, and he he does.
0: He the
1: heroic sacrifice.
0: Yep, it just detonates the shit. Fuck you, Jason. Blows mm-hmm. blows the shit up. Yep. But, nope, that didn't do it. Jason Voorhees is still alive.
1: Well, you know, of course. I believe he, like, uh, punctures a hole in the ship and it starts mm-hmm. sucking uh, really hard. <laughs> um, reminding me slightly of the bit from... uh Alien Resurrection, uh, where the, the final uh, gross alien thing at the end of that movie uh got sucked through a little little tiny peephole sized mm-hmm. puncture in the ship. Yeah. Similar thing happens to a victim here, although we don't really see a whole lot of the uh the kill. Uh, but we do have her say a dumb line, which is this sucks on so many levels. <laughs> And then she
2: gets sucked through the little hole and dies.
1: Fucking ridiculous, I loved it. So I think we're down to just, like, Rowan, Hacker Man,
2: military guy, and the robot head. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So now they're trying to get to a little escape pod.
1: Yeah.
0: So they can uh, can get transferred to the other ship.
1: Yeah, who, like, docks into them, but, like, he has to, like, fuck off soon because the
2: explosion is happening. Yeah. He doesn't want
0: to... So a military man has to go outside and make a couple repairs to the ship before they can go.
2: Yep. In a cool red spacesuit. Well, cool for this movie. Probably not cool for any other movie. Yeah. But, uh... (laughs) So Jason is coming at them, but they have to figure out something to uh,
0: distract him in the meantime. So they're... this is oh, on the other yes. end of the
1: VR room. Uh-huh. This scene is incredible. It is so funny. It might be the funniest thing they've ever done with this character. Yeah. I really think.
0: So, as he walks and think they, they, uh, they pull up like Well, Crystal Lake used to look like in 84.
1: Crystal Lake VR. <laughs> And uh, they even, like, pull uh, the score from uh, Friday Part 2 in here yeah. real quick. And uh, and then we just pan over to uh, two teenage girls who uh, ask Jason if he wants to have some premarital sex yeah. and smoke like, some pot. Yeah, they're
0: like, you want to smoke some <laughs> pot? You want to have some premarital sex? We and love they premarital sex.
1: Just take off their tops just instantly. And uh, Jason just stares at both of them. And then it cuts away to a little bit more of the plot. But when they cut back to it, he's already murdering them. And it is so comical. They're just
0: in sleeping bags and he's just like bashing them against each other. (laughs) Yeah, a throwback to
1: the iconic sleeping bag kill. But instead, it's a two for one special this time where Jason has one of them in one sleeping bag and the other one sleeping bag. And he's just pounding them over and over against each other and killing them and I think the robot lady says oh man he's good because he just killed them instantly I guess yeah. so their distraction didn't last very long Uh, by the way and I'm glad they didn't do this because I don't think it would have succeeded in being the campy masterpiece that this little scene is but they were trying to get Betsy Palmer to come back and do Pamela in this scene and uh, she declined because they didn't offer enough money I guess this was a very low-budget film. Yeah. She was even uh, doing something in Canada at the time, so they had the opportunity to get her in, but I guess it didn't work out. But um, I, I guess their idea for that scene would have been, uh, you know, obviously Jason's mom trying to distract him, but it would have suggested that Jason is so far gone and so evil that he doesn't even remember his and just kills her just kills the VR Pamela. Like, he, like that's not even an aspect. Is huh. what they were going to go for. Interesting. Which kind of would have been interesting, but like, I, I'd prefer it to be like a, a distraction of sorts, you know?
3: Yeah. I think
1: that should always be part of it. Yeah. Just a little bit. You know, I like the Jason that gets tricked in part two
2: more than a Jason that doesn't even care. about Uh, but either way, I think what they went with is better
1: because it's such an absolute dunk on the entire franchise and how how silly it really is when you think about it. And it's cool that it didn't have to take a parody movie to point it out. The own series it came from did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck it.
0: Yeah. So the so the two of them in the, in the robot head get out uh, into into the... Main part of the other ship off the connector,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and they're like, "We have to disengage in thirty seconds, and nothing we can do." And so Jason is trying to walk towards it, and then uh, military man shows up and locks the door behind him. And tries to fight Jason. That's not going to go well for him. <laughs> but then, as the, as the old ship blows up, yeah, the last hilarious thing that happens in this film. Off of the explosion, Jason is just
2: barreling towards the ship. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, yeah. military man. dashes into him. him. Yep.
1: <coughs> dun, 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 dun. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> this, it's so ridiculous. This dude is such a badass that he doesn't even care. He's just
2: one-on-one with... He's not gonna live, but he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> oh. yep, and that's it. We got our,
0: we got our, our happy ending. He drags Jason down to Earth, where they burn yeah, they, up they, into a they, lake. Yeah,
1: I assume they burn up in the atmosphere. Although with Jason, you can't be sure if he was alive or dead. They just have the shot of the. Uh, the mask and the in the water and the, the ending is so funny because it's a couple looking yeah. at them The these two like you know this murder machine and this military guy falling through the sky but they see it from such a distance that they think it's a shooting star <laughs> and, like, oh, <laughs> and they say the make a wish and they say oh it looks like it landed over there let's go look so there's possibly room for sequel but it didn't happen of course and now it's been too long so like who cares uh, continuing the franchise on from this point would be next possible yeah cuz you've already made the timeline go so far forward in time that like it doesn't really work i think this works as a solid ending <laughs> like fuck it it's over just let jason burn up in the atmosphere on reentry and uh that's it for him <laughs> there would be no heart left to you know, hypnotize anyone into <laughs> eating it. So, like, yeah. I think Jason's done. So, I don't know why the mask would still be there, but you know, always wonder. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and that was Jason X, a, 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 a dumb ass movie that is more entertaining
2: than you would have, uh, believe oh, from yeah. the ludicrous premise that it is. So, um, before we
1: get to like, I guess what we thought of it and uh where we think it would rank. Uh it was a bit of a financial failure at the box office. It made 16.9 million against its budget of uh between 11 and 14 million, not really a real figure known for that. However, it was a hit on video and DVD and uh you know, Made a in in statistic terms, it's one of the most successful in this franchise because of that. That helped it out a lot. And now, as usual, the critical reception was terrible. You know, you get a twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and we got a good review from Roger Ebert here, who gave Jason X a half star out of four. And he he quoted the film in his review, and he said, "This sucks on so many levels." In his <laughs> review, so I'm like, oh, well, I guess you at least thought that line was funny. Huh, Robert? God. Roger, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, the movie was initially panned by fans as well, but, you know, more recently, it has kind of seen renewed interest in the fandom, Uh and it's kind of praised for its sense of humor, and it's, you know meta humor poking fun in itself, which, you know, is a lot of why I liked Part 6 as well, and that's probably a lot of the reason why Part 6
2: is high on lists as well. I think this movie was a lot of fun. I really do. I don't know how high
1: it's gonna go for me, because it's still, like, you know... It's still terrible,
0: but it's, like, also just really fucking funny. It's
1: still terrible. <laughs> so... I'm not sure. Well, let's see. Our list. It's definitely better than Jason goes to hell. There's no question about that in my mind. And it's definitely better than Jason takes Manhattan. Do you agree with these two at least?
0: I agree. Yes.
1: Is it better than the original? No, no, I think that's where it stops. I think it's better than the original. It's a lot more entertaining. I don't know. I I would actually go way higher. Okay, because we have we have part seven and part five above the original Justin, and I think it's better than those. I wouldn't go any higher than that. That's my personal take on it. Because we have, uh, like, it would it would just enter the top five if we did what I said. Because it has six, three, two, four, and then five is what we got. And I think it's better than five. I think it succeeds at what it's trying to do. A lot more than five and seven, because they Fair were enough. both trying to be serious, and there was some weird humor that was fun. But like both of them, kind of like fucked up real bad. <laughs> yeah, seven with that really really strange ending with the dad, and also the boring first half of the movie. Uh, the the thing going for seven is that ending fight between Jason and not Carrie. And then 5 kind of has some weird, bizarre little moments, but for the most part, the twist of who Jason actually is in that movie is kind of limp-dicked and not good.
3: <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, Roy know. Burns sucks. It, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I'll give it to you. Throw yeah. it up there. I, I, I wouldn't say it's better than the final chapter 2, 3, or 6. Absolutely those, not. Those are the classics that everything that we know is based on, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I I see that, like, the first one is way lower than maybe you would say on here. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like it was kind of, like, eh.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, in, in
0: modern context, it's one of the weaker ones, but I think it's a little more important than that, but...
1: I, in terms of importance, it is probably should be ranked higher, but in terms of actual enjoyment that I got out of it, I would rather rewatch 7, 5, X, 4, 2, 3, and 6. <laughs> T- to be honest.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: Sounds so, good to
0: me.
1: Yeah. Jason X cracked the top five. I hope it stays there. That'd be pretty funny if so. <laughs> uh, so I basically said what's all in the list here. So next week we're watching... A little movie called Freddy vs. Jason, which I've never seen. I've only seen bits and. In- have you seen Freddy vs. Jason? I have. All right, so it's more where are you predicting? Fun. Yeah, so you think it'll kind of land in a similar spot to Jason think, X? Then I
0: think I think it will just nudge out Jason X, but we'll see. You how think, I think it'll about You think it. it'll
1: land on the better side of it?
0: Yeah, I think it'll land, probably land just above it. It's just as dumb. All right. Just in a I am way. really
1: excited to see Freddy Krueger because you know, as much as I love the, well, you know, loves a strong word, but I'll say love anyway. I love how dumb they are. I love yeah. these Friday movies, and but Jason Voorhees is admittedly not as entertaining as the wisecracking Freddy Krueger. I, I think I like that style a lot more, where he's I like love- a huge asshole. <laughs>
0: Out of all of these, like big, long-standing horror franchises, yeah, like the, the like the the dumb slasher movies, mm-hmm. uh, Nightmare is definitely my favorite one. So, I am I'm well, very the first, excited.
1: Unlike how I feel about the first Friday, the first Nightmare is actually really good. Yeah, It's actually really solid, and then the sequels are obviously more in line with what we're getting week after week on this show at the moment with the Friday sequels. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're not nearly as good but But they're all but they're way goofy. You know Freddy's always entertaining because it's so fucking stupid. Right. Now you're playing with power, bitch. So so you know <laughs> I, I can't wait till we watch all those movies too. And yeah. if we do that we probably won't watch Freddy vs Jason again. No. Assumedly. No. Uh but uh it's part of both. We'll probably rank it again but so anyway, that's next week. And that should be fun. We're we're actually only two films away, it's weird. It felt like it would take forever to get here. And it did. But we're here now.
2: <laughs> yep, here we are. <laughs> last two.
1: Alright. This might be the last one we enjoy, I'm not sure. I don't know how to feel about the remake yet, because I know
0: nothing I, I, about I, it. Yeah, I know absolutely nothing about it. I forgot it even happened.
2: Yeah, so. to be honest.
0: We'll see. Until next time, tell Genhart that that he's a good guy and you like him. Okay, he's a good guy.
2: Don't Ah, thanks. Fuck you.